The reading is actually um, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 31. And you can find it on page 1130. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in in Jesus. Where there then is boasting, it is excluded because of what law? The law that requires works. No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who who will justify the circumcised by faith, and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Thank you very much, Chloe, for reading. Please do keep that passage open. It's a passage uh, jam-packed with rich theology, and it's also a passage that's jam-packed with rich application for our lives, meant to to nourish our souls as Christians. Um, So far in this series, um, we've looked at um, the solas, two solas so far. First solar, let's see if this is working. There we go. Uh, We looked at grace alone. Uh, Solas uh, are the key kind of tenets of the Reformation, uh, encapsulating the key truths of the gospel to be believed by Christian believers. And the Reformers uh, rediscovered this for us uh, over 500 years ago. And our first week, we looked at grace alone. Uh, All of salvation from beginning to end is God's grace alone. It's a free gift. 
last week we saw that salvation is found in no one else than Christ alone. Christ alone is the basis of our salvation. And today we'll be looking at faith alone. How can we be right before God? Uh, Must we do something to earn our salvation? Or is our salvation, is our justification before God through faith alone? Of course, the uh, Reformation was more than just uh, recovering biblical insights regarding God's plan of salvation. Uh, One Christian author notes this. Uh, In another sense, however, the spiritual heart of the Reformation was more simply an effort to rebuild the understanding of the Christian life. At the heart of the Reformation and these solas is an effort to to rebuild an understanding of the Christian life. Uh, You see, for for Martin Luther and other reformers, uh, there is a sense that as Christians... We're constantly trying to climb our way up to God through our own efforts. And so we need to keep reminding ourselves of what God has done for us. See, if, if we must do something to be saved through our own efforts, then two possi- possible outcomes occur. Uh, one, outco- one outcome sorry, is to have great pride that we're able to, to make ourselves worthy of salvation. It's to have great pride uh, the other outcome is to, is to wallow in great despair that we cannot make ourselves worthy enough to be saved by God. Uh, either outcome is a, is a terrible way to live as a Christian. See, when we see that our salvation isn't based on what we can do, but it's purely a gift of grace, uh, it will shape how we live, and it will give us the right motivation to live in loving obedience to God. Uh, another author notes, God's gracious love shown in saving the unworthy inspires a grateful human love by which we serve God and other people. Uh, it's our prayer that as we spend time looking at some of the key truths regarding God's plan of salvation, um, we'll be deeply shaped by it, not just in our heads, but also our hearts will be shaped by it, uh, forming us spiritually. Uh, so like the psalmist that we can say, our soul longs and thirsts to know more of the living God. Let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise uh, because whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, we pray this evening that you would warm our hearts uh, to what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus. Uh, so that, like the psalmist, we can say our souls long for you. We thank you for the great truths of Christianity uh, discovered at, rediscovered at the Reformation. Uh, and we pray this evening that by your Holy Spirit, you'd be at work in our hearts, helping us to know all the good things that you've done for us in the Lord Jesus, the many ways you've made us right with you. We give you great thanks for the gift of faith. And we pray, Lord, that you'd open our up the eyes of our hearts this evening to see your great love for us and we ask this in jesus name amen amen well uh, how could i be right with god 
Uh, It's a key question that's at the heart of the Christian gospel. How can I be right with God? How can a, a perfect and righteous, just God, declare me not guilty, righteous before him? Well, sola fide, justification by faith alone, was a a rallying cry of the Reformation. It it recovered a key biblical insight that we can only be right with God through a righteousness that comes not from us, but from God himself. We can only be justified by faith alone in the person and work of Christ alone. Article 11 of the 39 Articles of the Church of England says, uh, we are accounted righteous before God only for the merit of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, by faith, and not for our own works or deservings. Wherefore, that we are justified by faith only is a most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort, as more largely is expressed in the homily of justification. Uh, We are accounted righteous before God Justified, Not because we deserve it or because we earn it. Uh, we are accounted righteous only by having faith in the Lord Jesus. And yet it is one thing to know this wonderful truth of justification by faith alone. And it's another thing to live it out in our lives. Uh, you might have seen recently in the news um, that a newborn baby was found in a shopping bag. Uh, discovered by a a dog walker. A terrible thing. Uh, The baby is now in care. But but what a way to begin life. Abandoned like that. Now, imagine if a few years down the line, uh, this baby was adopted by a family. uh, And you were able to chat with this uh, young girl now and, and ask her, how's it going? Tell me about your family. Imagine if she said, uh, my family are loving. My parents love me when I say please. My parents love me when I don't shout. They love me when I do well at school. They love me when I play nicely with my friends. They love me when I eat my dinner and don't wet the bed. They love me when I pick my clothes up from the floor. They love me when I say please. They they love me when I'm a good girl. When I'm good, they love me. What would you think? You'd be heartbroken that this is the kind of love she's experiencing. A conditional kind of love. Yet, isn't that how we often think about God and his love for us? That to be loved by God is conditioned on whether we can be good enough. We slip into living our lives functionally, trying to to justify ourselves before God, so that he'll love us. If I do the right things today, this week, this year as a Christian, then, then God will love me. You see, to think that we can do anything ourselves to be loved by God, to, to earn his love, is to to misunderstand who we are and to misunderstand who God is. Firstly, it's to to misunderstand ourselves and our ability to be right with God. Uh, In this chapter, chapter 3, verse 10 tells us, there is no one righteous before God. And so verse 20, 
Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. The things we do, good works, our moral lives, can never be good enough for God to declare us right with him. If we think we can earn God's love, we've misunderstood ourselves and our ability to do so. Uh, secondly, it's, a, it's, a, it's to misunderstand God and his nature. God declares us righteous by his grace, not because we deserve it or because we're the best of a bad bunch. No, he does it out of his gracious love towards us. And that's why we started with grace alone. Uh, God's grace is, is the golden thread that runs through his plan of salvation to us. God doesn't love us because Christ died for our sins. No, Christ died for our sins because God loves us. And that's why anyone can be right with God if they put their faith in him. Verse 22. And yet the question remains, how can God declare an unrighteous person like me righteous? It's a question that goes to the heart of the Christian gospel. Well, in the passage that Chloe read, particularly verses 21 to 26, we have what some have called the most single paragraph, important paragraph ever written. It's so rich with theology and application for our lives. How can anyone be right with God? Well, in this paragraph, in Romans 3, 21 to 26, and we see that it's God himself who makes us right with him through Jesus Christ. Uh, imagine being in a courtroom and a jury found a man guilty of the most heinous crime, uh, which included murder. But then the judge said, well, because I've gone on my run today and I'm in a good mood, you're free to go. Not only am I declaring you innocent, justified before the law, you're free to go. No punishment for what you've done. There would be an outrage, wouldn't there? It would be a huge miscarriage of justice, and rightly so. How can God look at us and say, not guilty, you're innocent, justified? Isn't it a miscarriage of God's justice? Well, we're going to stick in verse 24. Look at verse 24 with me. Look at what it says. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Uh, Firstly, justification is a gift from God. Verse 24, we are justified freely by his grace. Uh, The word justified is a word which Paul takes from the law courts. Uh, When we put our faith in Jesus, God looks at us and says, not guilty. We no longer stand condemned by God because we're declared righteous. And it's a free gift to us. Secondly, it's a free gift because, well, it comes, verse 24, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. A price was paid, 
and it cost Jesus his life. Justice has been served through the death of the Lord Jesus on the cross for our sins. On the cross, we see God's love and justice combined. The shedding of his blood, which was received as an atonement for our sins. A price was paid. The punishment was served. Uh, The language of redemption is a metaphor from the the ancient world of slavery uh, in the Greco-Roman and Jewish world. Uh, The word redemption typically referred to the price or ransom paid to free someone from slavery. Uh, The story goes of a a young boy who who spent several days making a a nice kind of toy boat to to put on the river uh, to enjoy, to play with, and that kind of stuff. And um, finally, when he had done making his boat, um, he, he got it ready and he, he took it to the edge of the river and he placed it there carefully and he slowly let the string out, slowly, carefully. He spent hours, days making this boat. However, a strong wind came by and it blew the boat out of the boy's reach down the river. And the boy raced to try and get it back. But he couldn't. He spent hours looking for it. Eventually it got dark and he had to go home, disappointed, distraught. The next day, or a few days later, he was walking to school and he, he saw his boat, or a boat that looked like his, his boat, in a shop window. And he thought, I think that's mine. And as he walks closer, he looks and thinks, oh yeah, that is mine. And so he goes in. The boy rushed in, into the shop and he informs the shopkeeper, excuse me, sir, that's my boat in your window. Can I have it back? Uh, the shopkeeper replied, I'm sorry, son. Someone else bought it in this morning and I paid them for it. If you want it back, you'll have to buy it back. Five pounds, please. And so the boy runs home, looks under the bed, tries and finds all the money he has. He looks, breaks his piggy bank. Just enough, five pounds. He grabs his money. He runs back to the shop with excitement and he buys his boat back. And as he leaves the shop, he hugs his boat and says, now you're twice mine. First I made you and now I bought you. God made us. He made us. And he buys us back with the precious and spotless blood of his son, Jesus. We're twice his. He made us, and he's brought us back. Thirdly, when we put our faith in Jesus, something wonderful happens. A swap. Uh, Something which uh, a theologian called John Calvin says, it's the sweet exchange. You see, when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus, uh, we, we enter into a relationship with him. We're united to him, kind of like a marriage. What belongs to Jesus, his righteousness becomes ours. And what is ours, our sin, becomes his. When we put our faith in Jesus, he he takes our sin into his account. And he credits to our account righteousness. When Jesus, verse 25, when he sacrificed his life, as an atonement for our sins on the cross, the Apostle Paul tells us, he tells us, for our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took our sins, past, present, and future, into his account. And he gave us his righteousness. When we put our faith in Jesus, a great exchange happens. So that when God looks at us, he no longer sees a sinner. No, instead he sees a a perfect life of righteousness given to us by Christ. We have a new status before God. Justified. It's a sweet exchange that takes place when we put our faith in Jesus. And verse 28, it's by faith alone. It has nothing to do with what we can do. Unless we misunderstand that our faith contributes anything to our salvation. It doesn't. Rather, faith is it's simply an empty hand. It's an empty hand that receives what Christ alone has done to justify us. Faith is an empty hand that received the gift of free salvation from God in Jesus. Uh, and it's not the quality of our faith that justifies us, also. That'd be worrying, wouldn't it? It's not the quality of our faith. It's the, it's the object of our faith, the Lord Jesus. If I, if I ask you a silly question, what's keeping me stood up right before you right now? What's keep, keeping me standing before you right now? I could say to you, it's my faith that the floor's going to hold me. It's not going to cave in. That's what's keeping me up, my faith. But actually, we know it's the floor. It's the sure foundation of this ground I'm standing on. It's a rubbish analogy. Our right standing before God doesn't depend on the ups and downs we have in our faith. No, it's based on the sure foundation of the Lord Jesus. What wonderful assurance. I wonder if you're here this evening and you often find your faith wobbling. Ups and downs. Isn't it, isn't it a wonderful assurance to know that God loves you the same as he always does when your faith is strong and when it's wobbly? He doesn't love us based on how strong or weak our faith is. No, he loves us because of who our faith is in, Jesus Christ. And even the faith we have, isn't it a gift from God? Ephesians 2 verse 8 It's a gift from God, so there's no boasting. One of the helpful things uh, the Reformation did was to to distinguish justification from our ongoing sanctification. Uh, Justification from sanctification. See, they both come together as part of God's salvation for us, but there is a distinction See, once justified by faith alone, always justified. Once God has declared you righteous, it will never change. It's a swap that takes place, and it's for keeps. It's a one-time declaration that you're not guilty before God. When God looks at you right now, he sees perfection. 
and yet we still experience ongoing sin in our lives. You see, if justification by faith alone is about being declared righteous, status-wise, our sanctification is an inward process of being made righteous. And it's a process that happens over a lifetime. You might have heard the phrase, uh, it's a Latin phrase, simul justus et peccator. Simul justus et peccator. It's one of Simon's favorite phrases. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Latin phrase which means justified and at the same time sinner. It's a phrase that captures the life of the Christian believer. We're perfect sinners. Uh, do you remember at the start, um, the quote, the heart of the Reformation was an effort to, to rebuild the Christian life, the understanding of the Christian life. How does this doctrine, this teaching, justification by faith alone, shape how we live? How does what Jesus has done for us shape how we live our Christian lives? Well, let me say one thing this evening. There'll be many things to say about this, but let me say one thing. Justification by faith alone is proof that God loves us. Justification by faith alone is proof that God loves us. And by seeing how much God loves us through what he's done to save us, we have deep rest for our souls. As we live our lives this coming week, uh, the question isn't primarily, although it's a good question to be asking, the question isn't primarily, how can I be committed to loving God more this week? Surely the question that comes before we ever ask that question ourselves is, how is God committed to loving me this week? How is God committed to loving me this week? 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because God first loved us. God is deeply committed to, to loving us this week through our work, our studies, taking care of family, even when we fail to love him and we sin. He is committed to us because he has adopted us into his family. We're now right before him. His love isn't conditioned on how good we are. A person that knows this kind of love is, is set free, set free to, to live a life of loving obedience to God. Uh, I once heard a, a wise man say, believe what you believe. Believe what you believe. I'm actually sorry, it was Simon who said it this morning in his sermon. But nevertheless, believe what you believe. Do we believe that God is committed to loving us this week? Do we believe that? If we're in any doubt, well, we only need to look at what he has done for us in the Lord Jesus to make us right with him, to be in relationship with him. Uh, the 17th century uh, English church leader and theologian John Owen says this, having a loving relationship, fellowship with the Father is very much neglected by Christians. Uh, ignorance of our mercies and our privileges is our sin as well as the cause of our troubles. You see what he's saying? 
But we often neglect the point that the purpose of salvation is to bring us into a loving relationship with God. All that Jesus has done is to bring us to this point. To ignore the privilege of having a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father isn't only a sin, it can be the cause of our troubles. Obedience to to God out of fear is is a terrible motivation to live a godly life. It can lead to a soulless legalism. And so John Owen goes on to say, it's a big quote, um, but just follow me as I read it. Let us then look on the Father as full of love towards us. Do not, always look on, do not always look, not on him as an angry Father, but as one who is most kind and tender. Let us look on him by faith as one that has had thoughts of kindness towards us from everlasting. Let I say, the soul frequently look at the love of the Father for considering this conquers and endears every soul. Let the soul look frequently at the love of the Father. You see what he's saying? He's saying that our relationship with God, well, it's no longer that of a headmaster whose office we're waiting to be sent to when we've done something wrong. No. God is now a loving parent who wants to to receive us home regardless of what we've done, regardless of our sins. A Christian is someone who, who has God no longer as judge, but as a loving father. Once for all justification means God loves me even when I've sinned. Of course he hates the sin in us. Don't misunderstand me. He hates the sin in us. But his love isn't conditional based on how good we can be. I know it's based on what his son, the Lord Jesus, has done for us. In Jesus, we are declared favorable, righteous to God forever. And in Jesus, we are made, we are being made righteous in this life as his Holy Spirit gets to work in our lives each and every single day. Justification by faith alone means we don't have to live our lives in fear of what we cannot do for ourselves. But rather, we can live our lives set free because of what God has done for us and what he continues to do in us. Let me give you a moment of quiet to reflect on how that will shape you this coming week. And I'll close for us in prayer. Where's the last song that we sung? It says, Your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. Heavenly Father, thank you because your love is the anchor for our souls, for our lives. And we thank you because in your love, 
you sent your only son, Jesus, to save us, to, to bring us into a right relationship with you. And we did not deserve it. But rather, it's a gift. It's your grace alone that we are saved. Thank you for the gift of faith, which helps us to receive this gift and all that you've done for us. And we ask that by the help of your Holy Spirit, would you help us to, to look frequently at the love that you've shown us in saving us? By your Holy Spirit, would that love get to work in our lives, shaping us and moulding us to live lives of loving obedience to you? Heavenly Father, we ask this coming week, would you help us to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, this coming week? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.